We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Bullet clubbed out, except for the hat. Kamala. Kamala. <laughs> the Ugandan headhunter. Yes. Uh, nah, it's not a wrestling podcast today, believe it or not. We are talking boxing and MMA to start off this week, specifically to start off this show, MMA, because it's a pay-per-view week. And we have UFC 285 to preview the return of the GOAT in many people's eyes, John Jones, his debut at heavyweight. We'll talk about the card, which is actually pretty intriguing to me, going down the main card. We'll talk about that. Also, we have a guest that may or may not be joining us right now. It's a busy week. UFC is here in Vegas, so we'll keep you guys posted. But we are trying to talk Today to Jalen Turner, who's on this card, a huge spot for him. So if we can clear this up and get our schedules right, we'll talk to Jalen at the end of this. If not, you guys are just going to have to hear us talk about UFC all the way throughout. And then later on in the week, in a couple days, we'll be talking boxing. Make sure you guys check out that show as well. We're saving wrestling for last this week. A lot of stuff going on there. WWE, Road Tours WrestleMania. We have AW preparing for a pay-per-view. Coming up, yep. it feels that's right around the corner. It's like a Sunday. week away. This Sunday, yes. Yo, it's March already. I forgot it was March. Yes, it is March. Yeah, February goes. It felt like it went slow, but now it's like, oh, it's over. Black History Month is over. It's a wrap. Twenty eight days. What is March? Women's, Women's History. History Month. Yeah. All right, cool. We in, we into another one. St. Patrick's Day. Excuse to get drunk. <laughs> Be in Vegas this time. We going out. Uh, it's so hard to get you and the wife out. Come on, let's go. Let's drink some green beer. I'll come to you. I'll come I, to your side of town. I got kids, man. I got kids. <laughs> he, and got jobs and kids. <laughs> I don't know if I'll meet. Now, I don't know. Maybe. Doubt it. <laughs> Doubt it. So, so I'll, I'll FaceTime you and cheers you guys yeah, from, you from a bar or something. I'm, you know, I'm on my. I'm kind of on an alcohol hiatus. Some low carb diet in four minutes. That's we, good. That's good. Yeah, so... Before you know. mania? Like, wait, are you well, carrying yeah, I, this through mania? Or? No, because I'm cashing my brunch better at WrestleMania. Okay. You don't have to. It's okay. Oh, I am. <laughs> it could be a dry WrestleMania. No, no, is that you got to cash the brunch. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you will pick a fine spot oh, yeah. for this brunch bet mania weekend. But no, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So much coming up. But this week, UFC is right here in our backyard in Vegas. I feel like... Finally, people are coming in. The town is busy, but it's mostly because of like conventions. Yeah. It seems like like people in the back here of the studio, like tons of convention people. But the strip is starting to pick up steam. And before we dive into last weekend's event and this weekend's, the ambiance of this, do you feel like, and this has always been the, the big question, John Jones, it's hard to argue that he's the greatest UFC fighter of all time. Is he a draw? No. Well, what's a draw, right? Like, is he bringing people out? Is, I'm not even, I'm done with pay-per-view buys. Like, in terms of being a draw, I'm done with it. If you knock something out of the park, pay-per-view-wise, 
I'll give you an extra credit, like, star. You get an A++ as a draw. But that's not where I, I gear stuff towards being a draw. Are people talking about the fight? Because a lot of people are going to bootleg it, whatever. Yeah. Are people talking about the fight? Are people hyped for it? Did people come out to Vegas for it? Who's at Dre's? Like we, we just, well, yeah, we, we already know this we is discussed. not. Yeah, this is this isn't a Drake no, type of party. No, no. But we've discussed like a, a new system for if you are a draw. Is John Jones a draw? I don't. I said no because he wasn't previously, but he's been gone for three years. So it's a debut in the weight, new weight class. It is the guy who many have acknowledged as the GOAT making his heavyweight debut. We, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this in terms of a fighter disappearing for three years and then showing up was like, you know what? I'm just going to fight in another weight class. And that's what John Jones did. Like he stepped up and fought in a different, he's fighting in a different weight class. So the intrigue is different. We'll see what happens if he comes out victorious. Then we'll kind of know he's a draw. This is kind of a, uh, a novelty of sorts. But he's never been, like, a draw. And I don't know if the UFC has done that intentionally. Or if John, I mean, John has done everything illegal outside of the octagon to make him a draw. So maybe he's a draw. But that's... So he's more infamous than famous. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody says, oh, look, he banged his son on the cop car. Oh, look, he hit a pregnant woman and had left hot Cheetos in the condom in the car. Like, all those things are interesting. But <laughs> does it make you want to see him fight more? I don't... For us, sure, but we're, we're going to watch the sh- fights anyway. So does he draw the casual fan is always the question. And I don't know if John's that kind of a draw. Yeah, it's always, it's just interesting, the, the life, the back and forth of a John Jones. When you look at everything he's done in the octagon, the time away, sure, that, that hurts. Usually hurts people, hurts their performance, definitely. It, it didn't hurt his quote-unquote brand, though. No. When you look at it, he's still as in demand as he was before. There's still a litany of people buying the the fake smile, the cheese grin. Are they? I don't think anybody's buying it. I think everybody's past that shit. Really? Yeah, I think everybody knows John's a dickhead. I don't know. No, no. I think people are like rooting for his return now. You, it's kind of like you take someone off TV in pro wrestling, and then when they come back, they're always a baby face. Yeah, but they didn't, you know, again, they didn't pop for PEDs. They didn't. It, like, John's always been, like, a fraud. Like Domestic that. violence calling here. Yeah, Vegas. like, I mean, we go through all the things that John has done. He's he's lived life. He's he's done the Javante Davis, but he doesn't sell like Javante Davis. And he's older than Javante Davis. But it's, like, domestic violence, uh, hit and run. Like, Javante's done the same thing. Yes, he has. And it feels like Tank and Ryan's going to do bigger than this in pay-per-view buys. 100%. In overall ambiance. It's going to be... Well, over, that's a different story. Like, we're t- you're talking about urban loitering. John doesn't do the urban loitering. No. John doesn't bring us out. I don't think the UFC really does urban loitering. They don't. They don't welcome that shit. They welcome, you know, mosh pits and shit When like do that. we get it? When, when we do we get... We don't. ...that star? We don't. As long as Dana White's running the Jamal UFC... Jamal Hill could lean into it. No. Nope. I don't, I don't, that's not really in his personality. No. Nope. No. Nope. Because the other thing, and we've talked about this before, is like... Unfortunately, the black towns in UFC, some of them are just fuckboys. Yeah, but when do you get the when do you get the real one? Not not even the real that, one. That's like what I'm when do you get like the person who's like not like not unapology unapologetically black as we may use it sometimes, but those who are like, yo, me and my homies like who replace C's with K's. Yeah, we, like, shit like that, right? Like, when do we get, like, the gang-banging dude in MMA? Like, yeah, we don't. It doesn't foster that culture. Like, Javante... is going to kick the door in. Eh, if the UFC lets him. Right? Like, the UFC controls the narrative, whereas boxers control their own narrative. So, Javante Davis has... Like, they were smart. Again, Larry L.B. and Floyd Mayweather's like, put him in Atlanta. Put him in all the black places. Everybody cheer for him. Make sure the celebrities come out. The black celebrities and the athletes, like he's had a groundswell of African American support. There is not a single fighter. Israel Adesanya is like the closest one who's had true support from the community. And still, people look at him kind of like he's like he's not even from here. No, nah, like he's nerdy and blah blah. And yeah, he's not from here. He's not from here. That's the problem. Like, but that's like they didn't do that for DC because we didn't identify with DC. They didn't do that for John because he doesn't identify with us. Yeah. 
then you have then who's left? Like Aljo, but he he hasn't he hasn't won enough. Rampage is the closest we've got. Yeah, Rampage and Rampage don't go fuck. I mean, Rampage Rashad was like the blackest beef that we had in MMA. Yeah, and it's two very different type of black. Right, guys. and it was it was great, it was but great. They, <laughs> but the, even that didn't bring out like urban loitering. Like Conor McGregor does that more than anybody else. Conor McGregor brings but us out they, more than anybody else. But they were before their time. But yeah, yeah. Conor does because Conor's flashy. Conor in the club. Yeah, he looked like he's. We like oh, he does shit we do. Trying to be like us. <laughs> like he's adopted the like Floyd Mayweather gimmick. Yes, and that's why Floyd be brings exactly. people out. Eventually, they are going to get a black fighter who has the black. Or he made with a gimmick. And I don't know who it could be. I, it feels like he's gonna be making making it rain in the octagon. He's gonna like he's going well, to be here's the other problem. Up. The other problem is the UFC doesn't allow you to have your personality. Like, for instance, all the things that Adrian Broner did, and I'm not even talking about like fighting, not talking about brushing his hair. I'm talking about even the walkout. You can't do that in the UFC. You can't bring out a rapper with you. No. Even though a lot not of this shit is trash. A lot of shit is trash. But that that's you have mine. to really for be mine. transcendent. Mine was not transcendent. <laughs> the segments I've produced have been incredible. But what I'm saying is, like, if you had Aljamain Sterling and have Nas walk him out, right, That that's something that would connect with the community. But you have Aljamain Sterling just walking out. There's no personality there. You don't see them anywhere except when it's time to fight on social media. And so it's like, but with Javante, again, he's fought in all these places. Like, with Deontay, yeah, J-Rock walk him out. Like, he said, like, Errol Spence Jr., like, they have the community walk them out. Like, it feels like they're in two. It's, it's not like that in MMA. See, but you can do that without specifically being in the moment, right? Because a lot of it in the moment is for MMA fans. Yeah. A lot of that in the moment was for boxing fans, and then it trickles out. You can start outwards and trickle in. Like, if if you got someone who's on, like, a Conor McGregor or even Francis Ngannou-style, like, knockout run, mm-hmm. if Francis was, like, from here with that power, he could be at the Drake concert. He could be at the Lil Baby concert. UFC's not going to promote that. They're weird. No, they can promote whatever. Like, Sean O'Malley promotes whatever he wants outside of that. They have now like had to acquiesce. To it. Dana likes him for now until you ask for too much money. But, but, but look, Tyron Woodley was one of the best welterweight champions of all time. He was yeah. from Ferguson, Missouri, was in straight out of Compton. They didn't push him at all. He had a he had a rap song. He wasn't flashy with it. No, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't one of Dana's boys. Like, let's just keep it a buck. Like, if you unless you're under the support of Dana White, like unless Dana likes you, it's very difficult for him to. Because what does Dana do all the time? If you don't take a fight, oh, he's, he don't want to fight. It may not even be that. Yeah. Like, he, he finds ways to, to malign his fighters and then make and minimize their accomplishments. Or with others, in this case of Sean O'Malley, motherfucker gets the number two contender. And he wins a very close fight. And now he's like, he's got a new deal. Or Patty Pimblett. Like, there's certain people that Dana White's, as long as you preach that message. But somebody who look like us and act like us, we're not going to the Republican National Convention with Dana White. No. We're not hanging out with Trump. No, nah, not at all. We're not, we're not supporting Andrew Tate. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, no this is good. all the elements of what the top guys in the UFC like. Whether they look like us or not, it's, it's, it's a very similar personality. I guarantee you if uh, we did an MMA show like... I'm not sure Connor has any of those allegiances. You sure? I'm not positive. I, I, I guarantee you he's not against Trump. I don't know if he cares. Like, but, but, that, but again... <laughs> he's indifferent, so like, that's good I, enough. Me, they would say, hey, we need you to show up with Dana, you know, with, uh, with, with Henry Cejudo at, like, some shit with whoever the fuck, uh, Candace Owens. You think I'm going to that shit? No. No. Hey, Jason Whitlock wants to hang out with you. <laughs> Keep him out of MMA. But I'm just saying, like, this <laughs> is... This is the the culture that is fostered within the MMA community, and here we are as still outsiders to this culture. Like, there's a reason why these fights still, like, Face the Pain was, like, the song for so goddamn long. Is it, it not? That's what I'm saying. That's, but Face the Pain, it still is. it's a shitty song for a certain group of people, like shitty music. <laughs> sure. it, it doesn't, it doesn't, 
it's not for us. It's just, it never has been. And I don't know if it ever will be because of the man who's on top. Like, again, you mentioned Nganu, you mentioned Adesanya, you, and, you know, you mentioned Kamaru Usman, who was shooting rockets with Russians. Like, yeah, that's whole you're not, then, then not, we can't identify like with that. Managed by Ali. That's yeah, we can't identify with any of that. So, I'm John, always of the opinion that it's only a matter of time because. Sure. To me, and I, I tried to, I was on somebody's podcast like a week ago or something, and I told him the same thing. I was like, MMA looks weird, and the crowd is weird, and the fans are weird at times, even though I'm a fan. But, like, their core audience is weird. And I got to remind myself that this entity is 30 years deep. It's new. And it's like looking at boxing in 1920, where there was, like, a black champion who transcended. Jack Johnson had to like really like button up and like soon time like slicked his hair down and like waved it out. Like there was a look and a mold and certain things you had to be. And then what was it? 40 years what? after? Not Jack. Jack Johnson broke all the rules. He said, I'll beat up your husbands and fuck your bitches. No, that's no, exactly, he was crazy. But that's, but that's no, what he did. But I'm saying like when I, I look at like the photos and like he was like presentable in public. Yeah, he was, but so, he, he was a big, scary black dude. No, of course, he and was we have we have Francis and Ganu now. Like we 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 had that. I'm I'm saying we had like a couple of them, and even he was like presentable, like in public. Like he he looked a great black champion. Part he said, "Wow, shit," and I'm saying for us, he looked Weird. like a great black champion. Like that's it. That's where we are now in MMA. It's like we we got Francis, got Ganu. I mean, excuse me, we have Adesanya. Uh, well, we had friends. Well, yeah, all the Nigerian Americans lost. <laughs> the Nigerians, they all uh, lost. We might run it back here in a second. Kamaru might come back up. But again, like you have like a couple to represent. And then you go to boxing 40 years after that. And you look at the Foremans, the Ali's. The, you, you have the Joe Lewis. You have all these guys, and then you trickle down to other weight classes. We're talking about Sugar Ray Robinson, one of the greatest ever. And and the diversity kind of builds. And you have people like Ali who will speak up and, and do all these things. And then you fast forward 40 years after that, and the majority of the top names are black in terms of selling pay-per-views or foreign. <clears throat> yeah. Like there's like the the UFC crowd as it is today, the standard bro America. Yeah. <laughs> In sixty years of this sport, fam, you're barely holding on now. Yeah. Habib and everybody done came. Like you're cool. Like Dagestani's taking over this stuff. The Brazilians still running stuff. The jiu-jitsu still holds true. We just had Charles Oliveira, got Amanda Nunez, all that good stuff. Valentina's from Russia. Like, there's black champions and Nigerians all over the place. Leon is black and Jamaican from the UK. Like Jamal Hill's black man from the world. Like, you are running into the problem of that bro culture. Fam, you are losing out. on, And sooner or later, that's going to build and make it a place where not even Dana... If he's still around, like if he reaches Bob Arum status and he's around forever, um, not even Dana can like, you can't fight it. Bob, Bob Arum, his roster after, I mean, the entire time he started Ali, he's kind of always had black fighters yeah, yeah. and Spanish fighters. But you look at it now, like that's not, it never tailored off. He, Jay Prince has a stable of fighters under Bob Arum. Bob Arum knows Dana can't avoid it forever. And that's how you look at the NBA. Mm-hmm. How that's transitioned over the past 60 years. You look at the NFL, how that's transitioned over the past 60 years. Black quarterbacks everywhere now. As soon as it ha- like as soon as you go, the ball is rolling. Yeah. Major League Baseball is the only like weird spot. But even then, like the international crowd is taking over. Black people just don't want to play baseball. I don't know why. It's economically difficult for black people to yeah. play baseball. So outside of that though, like it it's going to happen. Mm, I don't know. Look, listen to everything you just said. The UFC is as diverse as ever in terms of champions, top contenders, and it's still bro culture. 
Because one man that sits at the top. <laughs> He's the biggest star it, in the company. It, but that's what matters, right? Like, yeah, in the NFL, you have black, but the, the, the league as a whole was the last one to do it. Because, I mean, you had like the fucking Washington Redskins and a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. But it became a little bit more progressive. The NBA is completely progressive. Yeah. Right? WNBA is well beyond that. Major League Baseball, it's like, ah, well. But like, even like the integration and like all the Negro League players coming over, it completely yeah. changed the game. But that's, that's not what the UFC does. Like, their Black History Month was, here's a black guy beating up somebody. That, that was their Black History Month. Like, if you, don't, if you don't celebrate and discuss the culture, how can you push it forward, no matter who's your champion? Because, again, I keep bringing up Tyron Woodley because he was black, black. We talked to him. <laughs> yeah, we talked to him numerous sure. times. Yeah. He, he wasn't, hey, I'm just kind of hearing, you know, I'm black and, uh, you know, I, I went to, like, he, Ferguson, Missouri, he's black. Super like CB4 black. black. Yeah, he's black. Like, he was black. <laughs> and, the, and Dana did not like him. He didn't like those messages. He didn't like who he was. He, he ran them down every time. And he was your fucking champion. Yeah, that was ugly. So as long as Dana is there, and Dana will deny this. Like, if he heard this podcast, he'd be like, that's a lie. It's true. You, you promote what you like. Like, you talk about Bob Arum. You mentioned Jay Prince. Dana ain't getting in, in there with no Jay Prince. No, not right now. There's a reason why fighters don't have sponsors. There's a reason why fighters don't have individual walkouts the way that they do. There's a that like they don't project their personalities because the brand is bigger than the fighters. Yeah, when I watch Dana White, and again, I don't know Dana. I've asked him a question like three times in my life. That's that's the extent of the conversations. Um, I'm not in meetings at ESPN with Dana White, like nothing. But I agree with you where you say like he'd he'd blatantly be like, no, that's a lie. Right? Like, he'd be like, no, that's not what I'm doing. That's not. And there is, and I don't think, I'm not calling Dana White racist. I don't know Dana White. Right. Like, I'm not going to say he's racist. I'm not just going to call people racist. And, but there is, like, inherent racism. And then there is just fostering a culture of exclusivity. Yeah. In all regards. And the UFC to whether he meant to or not, he fostered a culture of the people he was probably around at the time and the people he either admired or wanted to be part of that group or whatever. Like, hey, I, you know, I've trained a little bit. Like, I want to... But he invited this culture and the people he invited in and gives floor seats to, who puts in commercials, who he sponsors who he pushes up the cards faster than others, those people, whether you mean to or not, give off this perception and fosters this culture and environment of your company yes. where it's not conducive to people like us fighting, watching, anything. No, it, it, it is you are invited to be a part of our culture. We don't want your culture. That's it. So, yeah, like, if, if you fit into our culture, yeah. Kamaru, if you act like this, I don't care what color you are. Yep. But you, but you got to act like this. You have to be okay going with a check in or whatever, yeah. dictator and blowing shit up. You have to be okay that if we need, regardless of what president is in that motherfucker, if we, and I've, they've never been there for any other president, but whatever, <laughs> regardless of what one is in there, and you are a champion, you got to be okay with going and presenting and blah, blah. Like, you you have to, I think Donald Trump Jr. came to a fight. Yeah. You have to be okay with all of these things. You have to be okay with me speaking at the National, the Republic National Convention. You have to be okay with everyone has free speech in all realms. Like, you have to be okay with how we get down. And that's that's the opposite of free speech in my mind. That's the opposite of free will. It's the opposite of inclusivity. Like, you you have to be a bro. Yeah, it's, Nobody wants to be a bro. It's an, <laughs> alpha, it's an alpha culture. Like, it's an alpha male culture. By a bunch Even, of beta people. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, they again, you have to fit in that culture. You get out. And Dana has created that. And, yes, he's in, excluding other cultures. You can't even bring your flag to the octagon anymore to That's represent the, where you're from. Like, the UFC is its own culture, and Dana oversees that culture. So if they cared, 
they do more. They do more for Black History Month. Remember Black Lives Matter? What was the UFC statement? Nothing. Literally nothing. And when the sports nista, a friend of ours, she shows up and asks Dana, are you going to release statement? He's like, for what? Tone deaf. Like, not even listening. You have black fighters in your company that are affected by the murder of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery. They were all affected. Everybody, even if it was fucking arbitrary or not, they did something. The UFC did nothing. It doesn't fit their culture. It doesn't affect his life. No, it does. it's and not him. people around him. Yeah, yeah, like, he's not speaking out against it. He but it doesn't affect his life. He doesn't need to speak on it. Now, if it did affect his life. It's a different story. He'd speak. He'd go. He'd, he'd parade around. He spoke at a huge convention. Exactly. Like, um, he probably loves gun laws. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Him he, and The Undertaker probably kick it. That's chilling. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, this, this, this is a culture that has been created by Dana White and these, these, in the UFC and... Bring this back to the questions, like, that's the reason we don't have a star that the cult, our culture accepts wholeheartedly. We like Israel Adesanya, right? But he's not going to break through and be that superstar for us in terms of, that's what they've done with Javante. Like, not even they. They've done it for themselves. Yep. The, other, the other part of this equation is MMA is so fickle in the sense that you're here today and gone tomorrow. We're going to talk about someone in this card who was a champion, Cody Garbrandt. Oh, yeah. Quick, fast. You in and out. In boxing, you can get these bloated records, and now people want to see you just knock people out. Like, we talk about Tyson all the time. It wasn't like Tyson was fighting world champions. Like, as soon as he became a world champion, they were like, go fight the toughest guys. Like, he didn't fight Vander Holyfield immediately. It's politics of boxing. But you fight enough people, and people go, oh, he's still knocking people out. You don't have that time in the UFC. No. John has had 20 fights in the UFC. In how long has he been here now? 13 years? Yep. That's insane. 16 of them. Well, this would be 21. 16 of them are for titles. Yeah. How about this? Everybody, it, like, John John should be that guy. And, like, as we talk about this card, like, John has fought 20, has 20 wins. All but three of his opponents are either retired or have been released by the UFC. All of them are gone. Right? He's, he's like the long-standing champion. He's done everything. We don't fuck with John Jones. Look at him. Yeah, I told he don't the story. fuck with us. I told the story on the podcast before when I interviewed him for AOL's Black Voices. We're going all the way back to right when he beat Ryan, right before he fought Ryan Bader. I interviewed John Jones because I told AOL, which was a website before the Huffington Post bought it, that, hey, this guy's next. They were like, all right, can you do a feature on him? Sure. Called John. I was like, hey, man, I think you're next. For Black Voices, the website's called Black Voices. <laughs> Not all voices, Black Voices. Interviewing John about, you know, his, his growing up, having football players for brothers, telling me he can't dunk a basketball. And we get to the part of the interview when I say, how's it feel because it's a sport that's been predominantly white that you can be an inspiration to young black and brown kids, especially saying things like, I can't dunk a basketball, but I can do this and I'm really good at this. And he says, can you stop the interview? And he asked me to not ask that question because he doesn't feel comfortable answering that because I want to be somebody for all people. Excuse me? You want to do what? I, this is Black Voices. Why can't you just say that I can be an inspiration? I want to be an inspiration to everybody. Fuck you, John. I'm done. <laughs> like That doesn't stop you from inspiring everyone else. No, but it's that's a very specific It was question. a very... This is before I knew he was a dickhead, right? Again, this is like 2010, whatever year it was. And... I go, you know what? Fine, whatever. Like, I didn't think it, I, I thought about it. I didn't like it, but I was like, you know what? And I put it in there, you know, I'll be an inspiration for everybody. Whatever. The interview runs. He beats Bader. He immediately gets a shot at Shogun and becomes champion. This person might get mad because I've revealed this, but fuck it, I don't care. I go to dinner with Rashad Evans. Somewhere after the Shogun fight, I believe, or before. This is before they really had beef, but I could tell something was wrong. Rashad, please, like, John's a fucking frog. I like, what are you talking about? He's like, he's a frog, man. Like, he's, like, he told me, he was like, he, he loves his drugs, his women. Like, you know, he tried to copy my style with all, suits because I treat him like a little brother. He's an egomaniac. 
He's like, he ain't, he ain't one of us. And if anybody knew Rashad, Rashad was the one person who was like the intellectual black champion. Yeah. And he's like, he's he's not one of us. Like, I tried to talk to him about anything cultural. And I was like, ah. Like, he he's an egomaniac. And then it came out, he's an egomaniac. <laughs> Years later, I saw Rashad. And I was like, yeah, you were right. He's like, I told you. And I was like, yeah, obviously, I couldn't tell people that you told me that. But he told me. So we've never been able to identify with John because John doesn't want to identify with us. It's not his goal to be like the black champion. I'm not saying like the president of the United States is the president of the United States. But Barack Obama knew when he was the president, I'm also representing black people. And he took that, you know, Trayvon looks like me and everybody shitted on him for that. That could have been my kid. John won't do that. John won't say it's Black History Month. Can we do something, Dana? John won't do that. He's not interested. Unfortunately, he's like the best fighter that's ever lived. But you can't help a person who doesn't care. And as we've seen now, especially on like social media, there are more John Joneses walking this earth. Oh, 100%. Like we've seen, like there's more Jason Whitlocks. John, John's not on that level. We've seen people, we saw a tweet the other day. My man said, why aren't we talking about the slave, the slave owners that were good to their slaves? <laughs> Motherfucker, he owned people. <laughs> That's the tweet of the week. He was like, yo, they, you know, you had to keep them fed and keep them happy. Do you understand slave mentality? This is a black man on Twitter saying this. Are, are you nuts? That's slave mentality. Right. <laughs> then the picture came out. He's like in the Scooby-Doo and he's yeah. Scooby and like you look like an idiot. But there's so many more people that like Andrew Tate that hate black women. It's like there is a... It's, it's so strange that this culture has been fostered, but here we are. John Jones. They hate strong women. They, they, hate, they hate black women. They, it's just, it's, there's strong women and there's, there's black women and there's strong black women. <laughs> so it's a, and, it, it, it's, and then you listen to them talk and it's like, how can you support Andrew Tate? Like, if anybody hasn't watched the Vice documentary on Andrew Tate, I suggest you do so. A lot of people are like, I don't want to learn about Andrew Tate. Just do it. Because when you watch it, you'll be like, Really? And then you see Aljo and Jamal Hill and Bobby Green all like, free Andrew Tate. There are plenty of other people to free other than Andrew Tate. They don't know any of them. Aljo should probably. He, Aljo's, again, I like Aljo. He just should be smarter than that. We've talked to Aljo on the show. We talked to Aljo on the show. I've talked to him behind the scenes. I've talked to him for years. He should be smarter than that. Yeah, it's... It's like Angie Hill and that's it. In terms yeah, of the homies. The, <laughs> Let's see. The environment of the UFC, and they do this like, black fighters aside, it strips you from reality of those things going on in your community. It kind of like, we talked about, like you had to ingratiate yourself with their culture. It simultaneously strips you from the reality of your previous culture outside of them. Yeah, look at Amanda Nunez. Yeah, like... Gay, Gay champion. Pride Month, did they do anything? No. no. Like, they, this Carmouche. Like, go down the list. They work really hard to strip you of your culture and your identity becomes, I'm a UFC fighter. Yes, I'm a company man. And that's or it. Else. Like, that's your identity. You, we barely got, like, the Nigerian saying, I'm Nigerian. Like, that was big. Yeah. And Kamaru painted his face and coming out with flags and like, oh, no flags. Yeah, we got to that. They strip you of, not even just your individuality, they, they strip you of that culture and make you just be part of theirs. And, and the best part about this is, if there are any black fighters who listen to this podcast, they'll feel slighted by us by us saying that. For the most part, they'll be like, no, I'm not like that. I'm not saying you're like that. I'm saying you're in that culture where yeah. all the opportunities I said that you can represent, you can't because they stripped you of it. Now you have to do it because you want to get paid, but you are not allowed to be you. Nope. You think you are. Keep going up that ladder and then try it. Say, hey, Dana, can you invite uh, Ben Crump to a fight? Let's see what happens. Barack Obama, he ain't been invited to no fights. But Donald Trump, he'll be there. But Donald Trump is also like pro wrestling mentality, so I get it. Yeah, that's his like different. It's the great, Donald Trump is the worst, greatest story of pro wrestling infiltrating politics that yeah, I've like ever seen. Like a DeSantis or someone weird. Or what's the, the gun lady? I mean, like if she's invited to some shit. But I'm saying Ted Cruz will probably show up with a fight, but they're, they're not Maybe. inviting. That's a Jorge Masvidal invite. Right. Right. <laughs> Jorge Masvidal became this massive star. And is it surprising that he wears like Trump face masks and talks about Trump all the time? Colby Covington. Where else can that gimmick work? Can it work in the NBA? No. Where's no. Ennis, what's Ennis Freedom doing these days? Yeah. 
talking about LeBron on Fox. Stop. You can't, you can't do that shit anywhere else. But the UFC is okay to do that. You can be that person. Can't be this person. It's part of the culture. So, yeah, I, it's, it's interesting to, again, it's, it's cool to have that quick aside. It wasn't quick. No, it wasn't. Conversation. Quick. Sorry, y'all looking for predictions. They're coming. <laughs> that's such, you know, for us covering it and for those who are fans of the sport, we see other sports preaching equality, at least trying to go and take these, these steps. At least be performative it. about it. Something. Right? <laughs> something. Because you never know if you're even performative, how that's going to affect those who are not performative. Yeah. Like, will Amanda then say, I'm not coming out with a Brazil flag. I'm coming out with the rainbow colors right. and everything because I now feel comfortable because you're fake comfortable. Like, if you you can empower me to do so. Um, you never... Can you come out with, like, the, the fist or something? Like... A fighter could win the title and, like, put the fist in the air or something. You open a culture to truly express yourself and have freedom of speech. Right now, you can express yourself if you agree with the culture and DNA of the UFC. Yeah, if I was a fighter, my first UFC win, I'd have my coach bring out a 40, and I'd pour out a 40 to the homies. We'll, I'd just like to see how everybody would react to that. Just point out this 40 to my homies. Like, Dana was like, what's a 40, first of all? And oh, then, Dana would love that shit. Would he? Yeah, he, um, from what I've seen, Black Beast, other fighters, and this is going to sound bad, but I don't know how to phrase this any other way. He loves the performative black culture. Yeah, but I... But he does not like the real... Like, if you point out a 40, it's like... You'd be like, oh, yeah, like, I love this type of black But then people. I get real serious. And he's like, Snoop. Yeah. Like, no, but see, then I get real serious. Yeah, like, you get real serious. I pour out a 40 mic. to the homies, and I talk about Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd. No, he cut it. Yeah, Eric Garner. Cut your mic. Yeah, then it'd be like, you know, it'd be like, they pull the mic away from me yep. and be like, back to you, Daniel. Like, get this motherfucker yeah. out of here. If DC's doing an interview, you have DC, like, pull the mic away from Yeah, I have, to take, I have to take DC down. <laughs> like, DC, you? You're going to pull the mic, DC? Hey, man. <laughs> like... You know what I'm talking about, DC. You go full Wilder to this day. Hey, <laughs> just in the hey Deontay God. Wilder's word salad is extravagant. Like, that man just says words and puts them together, and then oh. be, we'll talk about it in the box show. Like Deontay Wilder's world, but at least he did till this day. At least he talks about my black brothers and sisters. At least I can give him that. Before we dive into this weekend's card, we're just going to roll through it. Want to talk real quick through some stuff that happened last weekend. That, what a shitty card that was last week. We're on a two-fight winning streak. We are, though. I do not care. Brendan Allen submission. In the main event. In the main event. Andre Muniz. Like, who saw uh, that coming? Because Krylov and Span got postponed the night of the event. I mean, 90 minutes before the yeah, main event. Not even the beginning. No, as soon as the main Mid-show. card started. Yeah, it was like, hey, we got bad news for you. That main <laughs> fight that you was looking for, it ain't happening. Uh, you here for four. Yep. Go go have an early dinner. I was like, that's interesting. Yeah, so Alan talked to him on the show, and he was like, listen, I'm comfortable anywhere we're going. But looking at this, like, you're fighting a jujitsu guy. Okay. I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick you to sub him. Just because I was like, that seems like the mentality, and he was so hype, and really feels like he's figuring it out. And watching this, it was an even fight for a ton, but... He got the better everywhere yeah. to the point of when it was time to finish it, he did. Love that main event for him. Um, the biggest thing of my night. Is that the biggest thing of everybody's night? This should have been the main event. Tatiana Suarez is back. Yeah. No one's fucking with her on the ground. No. Well, look, she fought at a higher weight class. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she had some difficulties getting Myra down early. But then she got her down. Oh. Something that guillotine is a wrap. Now you're telling me she's going to drop back down 10 pounds? Good luck. My only concern with Tatiana Suarez is her striking. Because she doesn't, really. Yeah, and there wasn't, again, when you miss that much time in the octagon, you can't replicate that. There's no No. real place to refine that. If she was healthy and going through, she would have had three years of striking under her belt, would have been a different animal. Yeah. But 
I mean, what she one does over one trick. That's what I'm saying. What she does is really well, and she imposes yeah. her will. Like her, her, like you could tell that the weight difference affected her a bit. Like she would go for hip tosses or headlock throws, and like she was like, "Shit, all right, she's strong," but she eventually got it down. One fifteen, they're gonna have, they're gonna struggle keeping Tatiana Suarez off them. But again, some of these girls can strike. And if they got good footwork and piece Tatiana up, I like to see it how she navigates that. Aaron Blanchfield showed the world like, hey. Y'all don't know me for my striking. Watch this. And then yeah. beat up on Jessica Andrade and submitted her. Tatiana Suarez may be able to do the same thing. I just would like to see it. So I don't know where they go with it right now. You know what it reminds me of? Someone else who was often injured. Not a ton of fights when he was an animal. But we knew it. And striking was the question mark. Habib. Yeah. And Michael Johnson for a quick second. Pieced him up and around. He was like, I'm done with this. Took him down. It was a wrap. Yeah. This is what reminds me of, of like, they missed, there was a point where Habib missed so much octagon time. That it was like, yo, you just got to toss him into the title fight because you don't know when he's going to be healthy. And Tatiana has missed a little more than, than that. But it's around like the same trajectory where it's like the grappling is so good that you can have the best striking in the world. There's no reason Habib should have been able, granted he had grown a lot since then, should have been able to stand with Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, stood enough, yeah. wrapped their ass up. Justin I mean, Gaethje, like, you made Justin Gaethje look like nothing. The guy has the best leg kicks since Jose Aldo. Nothing. If she can develop that and, and use that, especially in the lower weight class, where she can use her strength, put people against the octagon, take them down from there, you got to run. You got to run. Use your jab. Because as soon as she corners you, it's over. Well, you look at the top of that division. So, Rose down units. Yeah, she could power out on Rose. I don't know if she could do that with Zhang, though. Whaley Zhang is strong as fuck. So, that, that's the one that I'm like, mm, I don't know if you could just impose your will on her because nobody's really done it, right? Like, Rose knocked her out. Tatiana's not a striker. But I'd like to see Tatiana Suarez and Rose down units at some point because I'm very interested in that dynamic between striker and wrestler. But if it's I'm, a main event, you got to go five rounds with that. It's, it's, it's a lot to deal with. It's a lot of it's pressure. Tough. Like Tatiana Suarez is, is incredible at putting pressure on you. She cuts off the ring well. Like she does real subtle movements to like make the cage shrink. She's really good at what she does. I just, I would like to see her fight Rose. I'm curious how that fight goes. I don't know who they pair up with back at 115. I don't know who their first fight is. Like, hopefully it's not like Michelle Watterson because he's just going to beat the hell out of her. <laughs> right? Like, like that. Cookie Monster is a good thing. Yeah, wrestler versus wrestler. She already beat her. I'm not counting anything yeah, well, right. from three, four years ago. We'll see. I mean, Cookie Monster won a whole other title since then. In a staring match. Yeah. Rose. Her and Rose did the, uh, the, the Diddy and whoever the guy was in that show. Sure, yeah. That was that whole fight. <laughs> what was that? Like the X Factor? Yeah, I love that game. It's the, best, it's the best one ever. <laughs> but that's the Rose and Carla fight. No, that really is in, in a nutshell. And then... Now we can talk about this weekend's upcoming card. It's a good card, top top to bottom. You mentioned it. It is a good it. card. Yes. Um, we have Derek Brunson versus Duplis. Driscus Duplis. Uh, Driscus Duplis is really good. Yes, he is. Derek Brunson is that guy. He's the gatekeeper. He, he's that he's guy. He's 39. You could be a gatekeeper at 39. There's no shame. In he's it. a little better than the Neil Magny of the division. But he's that guy. Is like if you beat Derek Brunson, all right, cool, you can get up there. Driscoll's two places, probably finishing this fight. Um, but Brunson is good. I wouldn't count Brunson out. I think two places like a minus two hundred favorite. And when I initially saw, it, I was like, yeah, it's kind of high. And I'm like, nah, actually, it's not. Two places, really good. I'm picking two place by a finish. I am too. Brunson has stopped like prospects before. Or I'm just Neil like, Magny did the same thing. He's a momentum yeah. stopper. He's a tough fight. I'm not saying he's going to steamroll him, but I, it's a litmus test. It's yeah. like, hey, if you want to get to the next level, beat this guy. And is, I, I does Derek have blonde hair still? Every fight, yeah, he might lose. Don't <laughs> you don't like the blonde hair? No, he started doing that when he started like stopping prospects. I know, I know. We, didn't we have him on the show? We did with blonde hair. Yep. Yeah, okay. that that's his thing. Fight week. Yeah. Um, Cody Garbrandt, Trevin Jones, who's a replacement. I, I don't know what Cody is anymore. I don't know what that chin is. I, I think the hands are still quick. I think he yeah. still has power. 
when the chin goes, it goes. I don't know how you strengthen that. Besides rest, it seems like he's rested. I mean, hopefully that works. I don't I don't know what's like the, the precipitous fall of Cody Garbrandt is one of the most astounding things because that was Cody Garbrandt was a man that you looked at and was like, that's a star. He's 31 years old. He's a kid. He's still a kid. Right? Like he, he got in at 23. He dude, it was quick. His ascent was quick. When he beat Thomas Almeida, everybody's like, all right, Cody, yeah. he's for real. And then he just zoomed up, and then he beat Dominic Cruz. He's for real. He beat Dominic Cruz in his second year in the UFC. Yeah, they moved him quick. Yep, Almeida, Mizugaki, wrecked both of them, and then beat Dominic Cruz. Right. Two years in. And then it was Dillashaw. And, again, this is why I'm, I'm never the whole, like, Oh, well, PEDs in baseball. Don't put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're hitting a ball. Yeah. Like, I get pitchers maybe can hit someone if you throw harder. Like, that's kind of scary. You don't hit people that often with a baseball. No. That's control. PEDs in combat sports is a world different. No, you should go to jail. 100%. You should go to jail. Whatever Cody Garbrandt was and could have been, TJ Dillashaw robbed him of that because he was juiced to the gills and knocked his block off, in which Cody dropped him. Yeah. If you're not juiced to the gills, maybe you get knocked out like everyone Cody Garbrandt knocked out before. But he got hit by a guy, and you can't tell me any different, that was on everything. And it fucked up his chin. He's never been the same. Gar... Garbrandt should sue Dillashaw because he cost him an entire career worth of money. Yeah, it's like Cotto should have sued Margarito. Yep, 100%. Margarito took years off of Cotto's life in that. Fight. 100%. Uh, that being said, you know, I still think about Cody Garbrandt knocking out Rafael Sunsau in that last second up, like, kind of sweeping hook. Yep. I think he gets a win here. He needs it. I just, it's just, watching Cody Garbrandt, I was like, damn, you were right there. You were everything the UFC wanted. And you had the tattoos and everything. You were perfect. <laughs> now he's done But we'll, we'll see Maybe he can bounce back Like you say He's only 31 That's it And he's lost to some tough people Try to cut down Extra weight class He's lost to Rob Font He lost to Kaikara Franz Who now We I mean, know is, yeah, is the truth deal. And he really hasn't fought since Like yeah. he hasn't fought In a year and a half He's taken a lot of losses Recently To the Dillashaw Those two fights But If he can get back right And in my opinion, he should have never went wrong. Dillashaw in those two fights and what we've now seen from Dillashaw, the suspension coming back, his body breaking down. Like, I don't need to see anything else. You are a product of the PEDs. Yeah. Because you were an average fighter when you were in Demetrius's weight class and you went through, like, the ultimate fighter or whatever the fuck they had to go through. Yeah, you lost. And you lost and all this stuff. And then you came out of nowhere when you went to Team Alpha Male and bulked up and just started rocking people's blocks and, and stopping... Uh, well, it was Hen and Burrell and all this shit. And it was just like, where'd this guy get power? And like, he moves like Dominic Cruz and all this stuff. And you did crazy shit that you've never done before. And then you pop, come back clean, and you got no arms. Yeah. After taking three years off. Like, nah, fam, you were strictly PD laced and you wrecked Cody Garbrandt's career, wrecked yeah. Hen and Burrell's career. Yeah. I mean, you go to Burrell was never the same. Hey, Connor called it. He's a rat. That's it. He was right. That's it. And you were taking people's careers. Yep. So, yeah, no, I mean, it's shitty, but that's what happened to Garbrandt. Hopefully this time away can can give him that rejuvenation. Because, again, 31 so young. And then fight I'm looking forward to. Bo Nickel, Jamie Pickett. I mean, we know Bo Nickel's going to murder him, right? Like we, Jamie Pickett ain't an easy out, though. He's not, but Bo Nickel's a, it's the same thing we saw with Hasmaya when we first saw him. We were like, uh-oh, this guy's different. Yeah. Bo Nichols on that trajectory. Maybe maybe we're fooled, right? But I think... Pick has been stopped three of his last four. Yeah, I think Bo Nichols, he's the biggest favorite on this card. Um, which is crazy. It's his UFC debut. But they know what they're doing. This, yeah. is, this is brilliant matchmaking. It's like, hey, we got a guy who's got a name. Bo Nichols makes his debut. We convince people. It's like, oh, it's a seasoned veteran. Maybe we can get the better of him. And then Bo Nichols beats the shit out of him. And then we're all like, Bo Nichols. That's what's about to happen. Bo Nichols. Smart. <laughs> first, good probably first-round stoppage. And then uh, Jalen Turner, who I don't believe we've been able to link with. It got a little bit past the time. Um, I'll see. If he wins, maybe UFC can double up on guests. Yeah. Coming next week. It'd be cool to talk to someone post-fight. 
instead of just a pre-fight all the time. But uh, Jalen Turner versus Gamrot. So this is a tough... It was supposed to be Dan Hooker, and it immediately said, oh, Jalen's going to murder him. Yeah, I thought Jalen would have a good shot against Dan Hooker. The this tarantula, he's time. long, he's rangy, he's strong. He's got all the tools. He's won like six in a row. Yep. You're going in against Gamrot, who is a... He's good. Like... He's good in all the areas that Jalen Turner needs to be good. Yep. Gamrod can equal him in those areas. And I believe Gamrod's a, he's a favorite heading into this fight, even though it's relatively short notice. As he should be. I'm, I'm still going to, I'm going to pick Jalen. I just, the momentum that he's had, I feel like Jalen's truly like the diamond in the rough type where it's just all coming together to, for him as a young fighter at the right time. And you can't. Six foot three. That's what I was going to say. You can't avoid that. 155 pounds. You can't, you can't deny those intent, like those tangibles, the reach, the, the length. It's hard to deal with. And then you got pop behind it. I'm going to pick Jalen Turner. Maybe decision. I wouldn't be surprised if he got a finish against Gamrot. That's tough. I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Jalen Turner. Yeah, I'm going to give Gamrot by decision just because I think Gamrot's really good. He is. And as short of a notice as it is for Gamrot, and you're dealing with someone that tall, that rangy. It's tough for Jalen Turner to be preparing for one guy. Oh, absolutely. Like Dan Hooker and then switch completely to Gamrot. Like, yeah. Gamrot necessarily wasn't preparing for anyone. You just come into no. the fight, you'd be like, fuck it, I know I'll fight. Turner was specifically preparing for somebody. And then now you got to switch it over. I never liked those styles fights. So, um, small hiccup for Jalen Turner. But we'll see. I, I think it goes the distance. I, I think Gamrot gets the decision. Next up, Jeff Neal versus Rachmanov. Yeah, I mean, this is a Jeff Neal fight. Um, he's just a strong dude who can wrestle. I mean, Jeff is, Jeff is, I'm not saying he's a guy that's like on the cusp of breaking out, but he's, he's one of those guys you just don't want to fight because if he touches you on the chin, it's going to hurt. If he wants to wrestle, you can do that too. He's got a solid chin himself. I'm, pick, I'm picking Jeff Neal. I'll say, I'll go by decision, but him stopping people never surprised me. He's strong as fuck. Rockman, I'll submit to him. Nah. Debut submits Carlo, uh, Charles, excuse me, Cowboy Oliveira. Next up, uh, gets another submission. Neil Magny subs him, then knocks out Carlson Harris. I think this is that jump. I mean, okay. Where undefeated records aren't everything. No, no, no. I feel like this is where they're testing him. This cause is. Because Neil's not a gatekeeper, but they're just putting him in this role. Like, yes. We're going to jump you two steps up to see what we have here. Because welterweight's a, a whole different level. So it's like, yo, you're going to sink or swim right now. And when I've got it, and again, I understand like being 28, it's, it's a difference. 28 to 32 is a huge difference in this sport. So people trip up and, you know, yeah. sometimes people get the better of you right now. But no, I, I, I think he's just so big for that division. Well, look. And I, Jeff Neal's strong with so big for the division. Rachmanov is a huge, he's a significant favorite. Like, I said it in passing, like, Jeff Neal was just going to beat him. Rachmanov was like a minus 500. Like, he surprised. should beat him. Like, he should beat him. But there's something that tells me, like, Jeff could give him some kind of, some problems. Yeah. I'm not saying Rachmanov is overlooking him. I'm just saying this is not as easy. It's not like the Bo Nickel fight. But I could be completely wrong. It looks like Rachmanov is that next dude. I just wonder if, like, this is that fight where, ah, we think he's next, and then Jeff Neal Cash was like, oh, shit. I, like, Rockman off by this be your betting upset of the week if you had to if bet I had to a pick dog? One, yeah, if I, if I had to pick a dog with that kind of a betting line to throw some money on, and a lot of people tell him I'm crazy. A lot of people think Rockmanov looks pretty unbeatable. But I was like, you know what? Take a flyer on Jeff Neal. Um, I'm going to pick him. I'm not confident in it at all. But I'm going to pick him because I, I just, I need to see Rockmanov. I just want to see more of him, and I feel like he could get pushed here and something could happen. But I could be totally wrong. Right now, I could dominate, submit him in two rounds. I agree. Uh, Shevchenko versus Grasso. Dude, I've said this when we get When Alexa <laughs> Grasso got interviewed, and they were basically like, hey, you're going to get this fight. She was like, oh, you know, I might need another fight. That doesn't sound like championship. No. And I feel like Shevchenko's in a place now where it was like, yeah, that's Talia Santos fight. Y'all still talking about that. Like, I'm not that good. I need to remind you. So I need to feast. And Alexa Grasso is the perfect woman to feast on because she should be here. Aaron Blanchfield should be cage side for this fight. Alexa Grasso, where is she going to beat her at? No, she's not better anywhere. Like, there's nowhere. Can she survive? That's, that's my take. No. No. I think Five she round fight? No. <laughs> she's, not as, she's not as strong as Talia Santos. She's not as strong as Jessica Andrade. 
She's not defensively capable of preventing Shevchenko from doing what she wants. Nah, man. And it's crazy because Shevchenko is the second biggest favorite on the card to Bo Nick. Bo Nick is the biggest favorite on this card. Shevchenko's a minus 700. But I think everybody looks at Talia Santos' fight and was like, we figured it out. No. Talia's just really good. And Shevchenko still won that fight. Um, but it was close. I think Shevchenko knows that. If, if there's any woman in this sport that looks at, like, performances and listens to people and was like, oh, you think I'm not good? I'm, I'm going to kill that person. That's it. Shevchenko and, doesn't play with her food either. It's just like, and she's not, a, she's not even a person. She's an obstacle. Yep. She's going to trample. Like, I mean, this, this might get rough in a hurry. I agree. And then main event, John Jones, Cyril Gunn. All right, so here's a couple of things. The last time John Jones fought, Joe Burrow was playing for LSU. That's not that long ago. But three years is a long time. It he had is. just declared for the NFL draft. Uh, LaMelo Ball wasn't in the league. It wasn't a pandemic yet. Yowzers. Like, these are the last times that John Jones fought. Kim and Kanye were still married. <laughs> like, that's the last time John Jones fought. He was the young. He still is the youngest UFC champion of all time. Now, he goes in a fight where he's three years older than his opponent. The, la- the only other time this happened is when he fought Anthony Smith. He was older than Anthony Smith by a year. Anthony Smith had way more mileage on him. But he's fight- John, if anybody's seen him, he's like 250 pounds. Yep. Can't believe he's 35 years old. Some people will go, well, what about those last three fights? Anthony Smith, Chagos uh, Santos, Dominic Reyes. John didn't look great in any of those fights. The fight before that was Alexander Gustin. We absolutely murdered Alexander Gustin. Some people say John's lost a step. Maybe. Or, motherfucker just wasn't motivated. That's it. Yep. So, because Anthony Smith, John wasn't thinking about no damn Anthony Smith. Daryl Santos, the guy with the hammer on his chest? Nah, I ain't worried about him. Mm-hmm. Dominic Reyes, that up-and-comer? That's cool. Uh, to a lot of people, he lost that fight. But I don't think he was motivated. John Jones talked about moving to heavyweight since 2013. This has been on his mind for 10 years. Now he's here. He's bigger. The problem with this fight is for Cyril Gaon more than John, what is John Jones? And what I mean by that is, what has he worked on in three? Three years is a long time for somebody who's that talented. He's not set in his ways, right? So he could be a striking dynamo. We don't fucking know. What we do know is Francis Ngannou took Cyril down. Francis Ngannou is not a wrestler. He had no knees. Cyril Ngannou is also a small heavyweight. He's weighed 247 in his last three fights. In all three of those fights, he was outweighed by double digits. He lost Ngannou, knocked Ty Tuivasa to hell, and Derek Lewis. And Ty almost had him out of here. Ty, Ty hurt him. So it's not like... John's, I don't want to say he's not fighting a heavyweight, but Cyril's not a big dude. John might be bigger than him on fight night. I can't not pick John Jones in this fight. I have to. Because three years of you working on your craft, and yeah, you're 35, but like we said before, some of these guys just hit their stride at 35. A guy who has been able to hide himself and mask his skills, and then you're fighting the greatest fighter of all time, and you don't know what's different about him? He's not 40. He's 35. Only 20 UFC fights. I don't know what Cyril... Cyril has to knock him out. He has to. That's the only way... Yeah, that's the only way to beat this. The other stat that's important is that John didn't get a single takedown in his last two fights. Like, Dominic Reyes stuffed him the whole fight. Tyrell Santos did as well. Stuffed him the whole fight. And people look at that. Uh, this is a, here's a nut stat. John has never been knocked down in a UFC fight. Never. He has been on his back for a grand total of 46 seconds. My man fought Cormier twice. <laughs> a grand total of 46 seconds. 0.2% bottom control percentage is a guess. By far the best. What is Cyril going to do? He has to knock him out. You immediately have to test John's chin. But then you don't want to get too close because if he takes you down, you're fucked. It's over. Because John still has the biggest wingspan in the heavyweight division. And it's not, you're not looking at this like Francis Ngannou, who, again, with no knees, took you down and just kind of laid on you. He didn't know what to do. When John takes you down, he knows what to do. you're in hell. Well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's over. Because not only does he take you down, 
the way he transitions into Mount and how fierce of a striker he is when he gets on top of you because he doesn't hit you with his hands. Elbows, like, he's creative. He puts you in hell. Like, think about the people he's beat. Leona Machida, when people were like, ah, Leo's really good. John was like, nah, he's not that good. Standing guillotine. Ah. Uh, nobody thought Chael Sonnen was good, but I can count that. Evans. <laughs> yeah, Rashad Evans. Rashad thought he could strike with him. John just stayed on the outside. Daniel Cormier, look. You know, the news has come out that if Usada was around, that John would have never popped. He would have been, that would have been a no contest. He kicked, we saw him. He kicked Daniel Cormier in the head. Yep. Because John is a good reader of opponents. He has every intangible that a fighter needs. At first, I was like, man, this is a really tough fight. And it still is. But I think there's just too much time. And John has been able to watch Cyril Gaon and study him. My only question is, is John disappointed he's not fighting Francis Ngannou? Because in his, in you think about it. You've been waiting this whole time. It was either Stipe or Francis. Those are the only two people on your radar. Stipe, we don't know what he's doing. Fighting fires, I guess. I don't know. Ngannou is no longer with the company. Now you're fighting the guy who lost to Ngannou. For a title that's vacant. It's not the same. No. You're like, you win the championship. You're like, eh. And the real question is like, if I'm John, Francis, come home. I need to beat you. Because if you beat him, obviously Curtis Brothers is a tough matchup. In a, we do, we'll have to see how, he, how John looks against Cyril to really figure that out. Yeah. But who else is there? Steve A. Steve A has to come home. Steve A is home. You got to leave home. Yeah, but I'm, say, I'm saying, like, there's Stipe, there's Curtis Blaze, there's Tom Aspinall on the come up. John, John's going to run the same problem he had at light heavyweight. Yeah, who just beat the Black Beast? Or, excuse me, uh, Tai Tuivasa. Someone just knocked him out. Tom Aspinall. No, it's, Cyril knocked him out, and then, uh, was it Aspinall? Somebody just beat him. I, but well, I, my, he just got knocked out again. Um, Derek Lewis just got knocked out again by someone from Russia. Uh, Sergey Pavlovich. Yeah, Pavlovich. So he's climbing. Oh, he's actually the alternate. He's the alternate. For right. this weekend's fight. So you, you have some options, but I think John's motivation in this fight is the viewers. Yes. The, the experts. The, in his head, y'all are doubting me. You're counting me out. Watch this. He doesn't need, it doesn't matter who is in front of him here. No. And I, I, I take... That with Francis as well. Like, Francis has a puncher's chance all the time. Huge. But John probably takes his ass down and just wrestles him and stretches his ass out and then makes him tap, which I think this is how it's going to go. Because I think as good as John is a striker, and I think he'll try to strike a little bit with Cyril Gaon, he's going to bring him to the ground and say, there's no one like me. No one like me here. And... yeah. It was a little different. At 205, I think he knew no one could hurt him. He'd be cute. Like, just stand up, elbow. No, I think here he's going to be like, no, I'm going to take you down. I'm going to show you that I'm a heavyweight, that I could bully you. I, I think we see him not look better as a striker. I think he'll look similar as a striker. The leg kicks at the distance, all that stuff, that spinning elbows when he can. But I, I think we look, I think he sits back. It was very poignant. When he got kicked out of, Jackson Wing for a quick second. He went and trained with Henry Cejudo. Wrestling to the core. And you see when he's gone, the other person they believe is the pound for pound great, which is Habib. You see how he dominated people on the ground. I think the biggest difference in the three years he's been gone is how much wrestling has taken over MMA and grappling. And if you're an extremely good grappler, there's no one to stick with you. And I think he looked at that and he said, oh, it's time to get busy. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think we see the best version of wrestling John Jones. Well, we have to. We've seen. If, if, if John is, tries to get cute in strikes, he might get knocked out. He might lose his fight. Could. Like, the smart, this is not the fight for you to go, I'm going to beat you at your own game. No. This is not that fight. This is the fight where you go in, it's like, remind everybody how good I am. Because think about this. While John's been gone, he had to listen to Israel Adesanya talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> he had to listen to all these people talk about him. You think he wasn't taking stock in what everybody said about him? Because J- John manufactures enemies. Like he said it today. Oh, me and Daniel Cormier would be cool. Well, then why are you such a dick? Because I had to manufacture that energy to beat that guy. He didn't say that, but I know that's what it was. He's not looking at Cyril as like, he doesn't have to manufacture that energy because his energy, like you said, is directed to the fans and his detractors. 
It's not, I don't think he could get cute, and then I don't think he will. I think he, he's got to make a statement. Because if you just trample Cyril Gaon, because more importantly, you trample Cyril Gaon, you're number one pound for pound fighter all over again. Oh, again. Yeah, easily. Like, if it's close, yeah, we might say, mm, can't put you past Alexander or Makachev. Like, might have to chill. But if you come back and it's the old John Jones, there's no question. Because yep. that resume is, again, I mentioned, like, 17, 20 opponents, only three are still in the UFC. But at least you beat former world champions. You beat everybody. All the famers. You sent people packing. and They were never the same again. You beat Cyril Gaon. You're the champion. And I know the next thing on John's mind is like, God, how do I legitimize this championship? Because I didn't beat the best. You call out Francis Ngannou. But you dominate Cyril. You're number one pound for pound fighter. That's that. What's the official prediction? John by a third round submission. Ooh. I'm going John second round sub. <laughs> but I, I think he gets him to the ground, chokes his ass out. Yeah, I think he'll choke him out or it'll just be some filthy ground and pound. Ooh. Because, I mean, you know, he ain't going to throw no 12 and 6 elbows, but no. he's going to scrape him. If, if he gets that opportunity, it'll be some, it'll be, if John is muscling Cyril gone against the cage, it'll be that beautiful leg trip that he does. Yeah. He'll probably keep Cyril at range with those oblique. take down Cormier yeah. several times. It, again, leg trip. Yep. Puts his hands up. Gets right under in the underhooks. It, it, like, like the way he switches it is beautiful. He'll use the oblique kicks to keep Cyril because everybody hates him. <laughs> Every, like the oblique kicks should be illegal because they'll blow your knee out. Yep. But he's going to use them because he don't want Cyril to kick. And then, you know, he'll get in close, wrap his hands around him, and then he'll be like, this is how strong John Jones is. You'll be like, oh, shit. All right. Yep. It'll be a whole different world. So should be entertaining fights this weekend. Make sure you guys check out UFC 285. We'll both be there here in Vegas. So that's going to be fun. We appreciate you guys for listening. As always, check out our boxing and pro wrestling shows later on in the week. For everyone here at Blue Wire Studios and Wynn Resort in Las Vegas, follow us on social media. Almost forgot about that. At Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter. Corner Club for a Life on Instagram. At Corner Pod on TikTok. Check out the YouTube as well. For myself, for Andreas Hale, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.